that um, for me, uh, three-legged cats are yeah. probably almost as versatile as four-legged cats. Oh gosh, cats. yes. Yes, absolutely, yep. And so lots of people have uh, issues with amputating, like especially in big, big Ds, but in yes. cats, I oh. you would amputate at any time, especially when there's a big tumor, that sort of things. Doesn't matter if it's a front leg or a hind leg. It doesn't I've even had cats with two amputated legs, which were oh. doing wow. wonderful. Sorry for saying sorry. Media presents the Per Podcast, the best podcast for feline medicine and surgery with tips, tricks, and updates for the entire veterinary healthcare team. If you're dying to know more about cats, keep on listening. Here are your hosts, Dr. Susan Little, famous cat vet and textbook author, and Dr. Yola Kirpenstein, talented surgeon and social media geek. Hi, this is Dr. Susan Little. And Dr. Yola Kirpenstein, and this is the Per Podcast. Dr. Susan, you're back. Hi. Yes, I'm back. Yep. So I before we start, I would like to say a huge thank you to uh, Dr. Kelly St. Denis, who has been so wonderful to jump in with me with the crazy person here um, <laughs> and do all those amazing podcasts. And I know she will be back. So uh, thank you so much for being on with me for the last uh, couple of months. And, uh, and uh, yeah, she will be back. That's Kelly is amazing. Kelly is amazing. Yes, Kelly she is. is amazing. Yes, I've, I've known Kelly for a long time. She used to work with me. So I, I feel like a little responsible in building her career as a feline vet. So yeah, so that's really nice. Uh, yeah. Nice to hear. But no, she's she's a natural. We've had many very amazing guests. You know, we had Dr. Adam Chrisman, we had Mia Carey. So lots of, lots of fun uh, talking. And as a matter of fact, I'm, but on the other hand, I'm really excited that you're back too. So I feel so out of touch. Uh, a yeah. lot of things have happened, Dr. Yes. Susan. I a feel lot so of things have happened. I have gray hairs. I know. I on know. the video. That yeah. If you want to see the video, you have to go to the Patreon. Yeah. To see Yola's gray hairs. Yes, exactly. Yes. I'm dressing in gray anyway, so it, it fits yes. my hair now. It's like it's like two years of pandemic has aged us 10 years. I feel like it's aged me 10 years for sure. True, true. Yes. I mean, who would have ever imagined that oh. this would happen two years oh, ago? Oh, you can't. You can't make this stuff up. You can't make... The last two years have been the hardest years of my career as a veterinarian, like just oh. trying to get my hospitals through the pandemic keeping the doors open and keeping my team safe is yeah. yeah yeah it's it's harder than i could have imagined it would be but yeah. but the doors are open and my team is safe and you know yep we're hanging in there that's it that's it so for me probably not the hardest but the craziest the mm. craziest two years it's just you know oh, things oh, are happening and, and there's so many things happening in the world right now it's just like yes. it's mind-boggling it never stops it doesn't it, you never know it used to be I, I remember life as being tranquil and relatively <laughs> slow and now everything is going in warp speed that you know it's you wake up and something else has happened and it's just you hardly can imagine what's going to be happening uh, tomorrow. Uh, yes. So it's- You never yeah. know. So in you that never know. I have a story to tell you then. You yeah. haven't heard the story. So um, 
Yola knows this, but probably not everybody knows this. I um, live and work most of the time in Ottawa, Ontario, but mm-hmm. I'm from Nova Scotia and I have a home in Nova Scotia. And as a matter of fact, that's where I am today. So um, I've been here about 10 days. So about two and a half weeks ago, my brother who lives near me in Nova Scotia sent me a text message and he said, do you have a trampoline? What? Now, yeah. Now that's like a very random thing right so <laughs> so it caught my attention <laughs> so yes. I checked it back and I, and I said no why <laughs> and the answer was because you do now and I'm like interesting oh really yes congratulations yes so here's what happened about three weeks ago we yeah. had a big windstorm um yeah. here and um, Yola's been to my house here. So, you know, you know, I'm on a road and the people across the road from me <clears throat> used to have a trampoline. <laughs> <laughs> and in the windstorm, the thing took flight and came across the road. Nice. Um, hit the top of my five foot fence and bent the fence pole a little bit. Hit one of my trees and broke two branches and then landed in my yard upside down. No way. So yep. I, I do have to say that Dr. Susan tends to attract natural <laughs> disasters in general. So yeah. Yeah. that I'm I'm I have to say I'm not completely surprised about this. But anyway, congratulations I- with the new trampoline. <laughs> and it's huge. It's huge. It's it must be like a 10-foot diameter. It's more than 10 feet. It's huge. Anyway. So that's probably the reason why the neighbors didn't triple trample into your yard to retrieve so, the trampoline. So until like a week ago, I didn't know whose trampoline it was who landed <laughs> in my yard, right? And then I was talking to one of my other neighbors and he told me who it belongs to. Uh-huh. And they had told him, because um, it was still really, there's a lot of snow here when the trampoline landed. Yeah. And so they told him that is. And they, it would have been hard to get in and out of my yard with all the snow. So they told him when the snow goes down, they're going to come over and retrieve the trampoline. Well, in the meantime, they moved away and I <gasps> still have the trampoline. <laughs> oh my gosh. So um, yep. they moved so away. They moved away forever or. I don't know. They've not come back to get the trampoline. That's all I know. Yep. And they didn't leave like a message. Dear neighbor, well, neighbor. you have our trampoline. Please bring it back. Well, you know, this is Nova Scotia. You just tell a neighbor and then everybody knows. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's very... So my question to you is then, because the trampoline is on this, you know, upside down, (laughs) are you going to turn around and try it? Well, my brother came over for to see me the other day and he and I went out in the yard and we like flipped it up the right way. Yeah. Right. And um, it does have some um, injuries from its flight across the yard and it lost a leg coming over the fence but oh, I that did, doesn't help but i did see the leg um it's it's down in the in the ditch along the road so you know we may have to wait until the weather's a little better and we assess properly assess the damage and only dr susan will have <laughs> a three-legged trampoline yeah in my yard yeah yes an yeah. amputated trampoline so I, that reminds yep. me of many dogs that have three legs in my yeah. life and cats too, by the way. <laughs> but I've never had no. a three-legged trampoline. No, no. And this thing is humongous. 
it's this big heavy thing I can maybe that's why they never came and got it like it's not that easy to move around so I told my husband this story right and my husband thinks like everything in Nova Scotia is weird anyway and so I'm not sure it surprised him that much and he said you know if you look on YouTube you can see all kinds of videos of trampolines becoming airborne right it's like the tall sides on them so they Uh kind of once they get up in the air they act like a parachute and away they go Wow. I know. Who would have known? You know, I I live in tornado country, so (laughs) I can see that a tornado picks up the trampoline and then drops it somewhere else. But I've never heard of a wind thing. Uh, So I'm not going to get a trampoline in my uh, yard, except if someone donates it by wind. I would anchor it down really well. (laughs) And and let me tell you that we have been talking eight minutes now and we have not mentioned feline or cat or anything. So I'm going to pull it into the feline sphere for a little bit. That um, for me, uh, three-legged cats are probably almost as versatile as four-legged cats. Oh gosh, yes. Yes, absolutely. Yep. And so lots of people have uh, issues with amputating, like especially in big, big D's. But in yes. cats, I oh. you would amputate at any time, especially when there's a big tumor, that sort of things. doesn't matter if it's a front leg or a hind leg. It doesn't I've even had cats with two amputated legs, which were oh. doing wow. wonderful. Yeah. So, um, so cats are so amazing. The, I'm going to tell you a story now of <laughs> a... Okay story of a cat um and this was an owner that called me and said hey i think my cat has a problem and i said okay how do you know this cat has a problem and she said oh you know this cat is an outside inside cat and i think at a certain point the cat's leg got stuck in something Uh I said, oh, how do you know? She said, because, you know, when I looked at the leg and this was kind of a whitish cat. So she said the color of the, you know, of the the most distal part of the leg. So where the foot was is different from color. And it almost looks like there was a stricter constrictor or something like that. So she described it. I said, okay, so do you still think it's alive? Yeah, the cat is just walking on it. There's no problem at all. However... Um, I thought it was all fine, but the cat loves to climb into the curtains. And one day I came home and I was missing something because the cat was walking and it almost looked like, you know, the leg was different and it was the front leg. And she said, it almost looks like it was a stump and the other leg had a foot. And she was like, that's really weird. The cat looks so strange until she tried to close the curtains and in the curtain there was a little paw no so obviously the cat had injured it it kind of necrosed off i guess and it had healed but then you know the cat was running around like there was nothing going on until she found out that the paw was hanging into the curtain because of a nail probably got stuck and then it ripped it off so oh that's oh that's a little horrifying really it is, but so she, the cat came to me to be checked and this cat stuck out the little leg like this and was running around and was, and she said, he still climbs the curtains and it was looking really good as a matter of fact, so there was no, I mean, it was a stump. He didn't walk on the stump. He was just pull, putting it in front of the world. That cat was running around like crazy. That is so, amazing. 
Yeah, it is yeah. totally amazing. So cats are amazing, but I just want to, you know, the trampoline story ends <laughs> with a little bit of catness that cats will do really well with uh, three legs. I'll, I'll tell you one thing I know about leg amputations in cats mm -hmm. um, or leg injuries like that. And that is that cats are really good on three legs, but they're not so good on like three and three quarter legs. So what no, I mean by that, right? So you know what I mean, right? Because if the bit that's left is fairly long, they'll try to walk on it. Yes, yes. yes. And then they will hurt it and that's what yes. it is. This and cat was it, really an exception to the rule. Yes, <clears throat> and then it like stresses other joints and that. So, so if the injury or the tumor or whatever is really low, then um, we'll usually do a higher amputation. So the cat is not trying to walk on that fourth leg which... yeah in the front leg I'm, I'm anyway you know i like and we talked about this before too i like anatomical amputations which means that yes. you follow the muscles exactly in the place where they attach yes. and so i normally don't leave the scapula either in the dog or the cats because ah. you know, i i know that animals don't like to lay on that side because the, ah. the muscles atrophy and so it's of skin course. on bone Oh, you know, uh, I never thought of that. Of course, the muscle would atrophy and it would be uncomfortable to lay on it. Mm -hmm. So so I tend to do what ah. we call a four-quarter amputation, taking okay. the scapula. And it's so much easier to do that Probably. To, when you do anatomical amputation. So uh, then I don't have to cut through any muscles. It's just the muscle attachments that I do. Um, and, uh, and so that is, for me, the way to go. And with the hind leg, I like to amputate them through the joint. So not through yes. the through the muscle and the bone, et cetera. So, yes. Yes. Uh, because I, I, I just can't imagine that's less painful. Yes, um, yes. It would be better to just like disarticulate the joint, right? And do it there and yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. so that, that I prefer that above doing this, uh, this, you know, through muscle. Yes. Uh, but there's lots of way you can do it, of course. Since, since we're talking about trauma, I did read an article this week on high-rise syndrome in cats. Are you going to test me now? No, I'm going to, well, I can. That's actually a good idea. I'll test you. How's that? Yeah. yeah so, so Dr. Susan warned before. me before we had this, this, this wonderful re reunion of the powers to be that <laughs> she had read multiple articles. She sent them like a half an hour before this, uh, this, this <laughs> podcast course. to me. And so I have not seen any of the articles. And then she reminded me, I'm going to test you. And I'm like, no. But have you noticed, I am always the one who sends the articles. Um, no, not always. Pretty I've sent much. you a couple of articles. Oh, yeah. In how many years? Mm -hmm. Okay, let's so not talk the, about that. Is and your, I, is your I dog just, playing with a squeaky toy? Yeah, I, I just, let, let, me, let me fix this real quick. <laughs> that is crazy. All I hear is a squeaky toy in the background. I know, it's done. Uh, What's it's, the squeaky it's, toy? It's oh. funny because the this is his favorite. Uh, maybe I should show it to you. One second. Yeah, show it to me. I want to see the squeaky toy. Okay. So <laughs> this is his favorite toy. It's a hedgehog. hedgehog. It's a hedgehog. hedgehog. Yes. And the reason that he likes it, he likes to suck on the little leg. I don't know why, but he sucks on the leg. This one is really, they're not that wet right now, but normally they're really wet. But there is a... Squeaker. Squeaker somewhere, a little oh. one and a big one. He never finds the little one except during the podcast. Then he finds it. And then yeah. he finds it. But he loves this uh, this toy. 
It must be about the same size as Chippy is because he's not very big. Yeah, so uh, I think two hedgehogs are one Chippy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly oh, it. Oh, oh. All right, we have five minutes. So let's do the high okay. rise thing. Yes. So you and I have talked about um, high rise syndrome before. I, yes. I, I know. I don't remember like what episode or when, but I know you and I have talked about it before. Flying and, cats. Yes. And so the reason this article caught my attention was because they were looking at um, a scoring system, a trauma scoring system. So this is an article that um, came out just within the last few weeks in the Journal of Feline Medicine and Surgery. Um, and it's on 25 cats who uh, fell from a height, right? So hence some um, high rise syndrome. And the article is out of Valencia, Spain. Oh, nice. Yeah. I love Valencia, Spain. I know Valencia, Spain. Yeah. And so what caught my eye about this article is they used a trauma um, scoring system. Now, I don't see a lot of just the nature of my practice, I don't tend to see a lot of trauma, like a lot of injuries, right? I've mm -hmm. seen things periodically over the years, but I just don't see a lot. So I really didn't know very much about trauma scoring systems. Yeah, and can I, the reason that you don't see a lot of trauma is one, Canada doesn't have a lot of guns. So gunshots oh. are not very common. No, I guess there are some high rises, but not that yeah. many. So high rise yeah. is not very common. And so it's only car accidents. And I think most cat owners in Canada are, very conscientious about their cats and they don't let them run around outside. I wouldn't say that. Oh. No. And I've definitely seen falling cats in Ottawa. I just don't see a lot. Mm -hmm. Right. So I did, I was not very aware of these um, trauma scoring systems. So yeah, I wanted to say something really nice about Canadians and now you just this. I'm just realistic, you know, I'm realistic. <laughs> I'm just being realistic. Yes. And okay, all time, Canadians, I still love you. And you're trying to evade the point. So I wanted to ask you if you yeah. had any familiarity with these. Uh, there's one called the Animal Trauma Triage Score. No, I don't. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it, I don't think they were available when I was doing a lot of trauma surgery. Mm. Uh, I, I think it's really interesting. I think to have uh, objective ways of looking at things are absolutely necessary yeah. and we don't do it enough. Um, so we, we have some scoring systems, but we don't have a lot. And this would be very interesting. Yes. So that's why it caught my attention. So um, this article on, on the high-rise um, cats, these 25 cats, um, applied this animal trauma scoring system. And, and they also used, um, what's the, uh, the, the traumatic brain injury? It's the Glas Glasgow comma scale, is it? I think the pain scale. No, no. Uh, for traumatic oh. brain injury, there's a there's a Glasgow um, co uh, coma scale. I think. Oh. Yeah. So I, I can tell you if you. Well, I think it's cat or dog. So I, I okay. can tell you have no idea what what I'm, I'm talking about by the by the look on your face. Um, yeah, it's like it's a it's called the glass the Glasgow coma scale. So mm -hmm. it and it's meant to um, like it evaluates uh, patients who have had brain injuries. So, um, so they use that and they use this acute trauma triage score in yeah. these um, high rise cats to see if um, those two scoring systems could be used to predict the outcome from that particular type of trauma, right? Because oh, cool. there's, there's lots of types of trauma, right? And if you just have right. a generic trauma triage score, it might work better for some kinds of trauma than others. 
right? right? And so this is the first time that it's ever been, any of these scoring systems have ever been applied to, to high-rise cats. And it turns out that the Glasgow one coma scale didn't work that well, probably because, and this is true in this study and a lot of other high-rise studies, there's not a lot of traumatic brain injuries in mm. cats from high-rise. No, they can they, fly. They Well, but they get like thoracic trauma and abdominal mm. trauma, but they don't get like a, the, not a lot of them. It's a small percentage that get brain trauma, which is- I don't think they, they, they land on their heads. They don't. They, no. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing is, you know, if you do land on your head, you're probably pretty dead. I mean, that's what I, I would guess to me. Yeah. So it seems like the survivors, um, mm. like in, in their study, they said 90% of the cats had thoracic trauma. And yeah. then, you know, second most common was abdominal. So they didn't really feel like they could get good data on the Glasgow mm. com coma scale, right? Because they only had a few cats with it. But this acute trauma triage score worked really well in high rise cats. Oh, cool. Now, yeah. But he, so, so, you know, at first I thought, well, yeah, but like most cats survive high-rise syndrome anyway, like up to 90% survive anyway, mm -hmm. right? But still 10% is a good chunk that the owner would probably like to know sooner rather than later, Yeah, right? If the cat's going to make it because these guys, right? Because right? these guys get hospitalized for like multiple days and, you know, depending on what's wrong with them, they may need a lot of... Um, interventions and treatments and, and whatnot. So, uh, and this, and of course, doing this trauma triage score is a, uh, it's fairly low cost. It, what it does, I had to look it up because I really didn't know much about it. Um, so it is very objective data. It's looking at six, six, six types of physiologic function. So a lot of it is based on blood work, mm. right? Um, like creatinine levels and, and so on, uh, PCVs. So a lot of it is blood work based. And it assesses six major physiologic um, areas. So a lot of these patients are having blood work done anyway, right? right. From, from a high-rise fall. So it's not necessarily going to cost any more to apply the the, the uh, triage score and uh, and and get some likelihood or some indication, right, of whether they're in the ninety percent who usually survive or like the ten percent that don't. So yeah. Yeah. And that's interesting because, of course, the trauma that I saw is mainly associated with big holes. Uh, and it's pretty obvious when yes. they kind of survive or when they don't. But, you yes. know, I, I don't know if anybody has tried this because, you know, I can tell you that blood work probably might tell you something, but it's probably not my determinant if I go on yes or no, uh, because it's the really big hole that I need to fix yes. and all the trauma that's inside uh, uh, that really makes me tell the owner it should be a go or not. So very interestingly, um, there also was an article in Journal of Veterinary Emergency and Critical Care, which mm -hmm. even though I don't see a lot of emergency medicine, like I do see critical cases, right? So I really love that journal. And they just had one about trying to use ClinPath data um, for cats that um, had dog bite injuries, mm -hmm. right? So it's kind of the equivalent of big dog, little dog thing, only yeah. a big dog cat, right? Yeah, yeah, so they, they looked at 43 um, cases and tried to see, could you predict like, based on, on ClinPath? So they did, they um, found that there were certain variables that were predictive of how well the patient would do. And they were um, uh, the venous blood gases, yeah. plasma lactate, and plasma yeah. lactate is, is coming up 
and getting a lot more interest these days, actually, right? We never used to pay much attention to plasma yep. lactate. So venous blood gases, plasma lactate, ionized calcium, and that acute trauma triage score. So they applied it to cats that had been injured by dogs as well. Mm. And they all, all of those things together uh, were very good at predicting how well the cat would do. And that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I would, you know, that, you know, the, the, I, uh, there are probably other predictors that I would add to that list that I would think, yeah, learn, if that happens, then, you know, mm -hmm. it makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. uh, but uh, no, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. I, I'm not saying that you shouldn't do blood work, definitely. And yeah. you should take that in your general consideration of yeah. what the animal looks like, especially with dog bites. But, in, you know, in dog bites often, uh, it's it's the amount of trauma and hmm. how fast you are there to yes, be able yes. to stabilize the patient. Because I also think that with these dog bites, um, the really bad ones, they will be dead before you get them. So yeah. you already pre-select a yeah. subgroup of cases that, and we did so we did a study in in uh, in I think we're dogs and cats. It's a long time ago. We had some prognosticators there too, which I can't remember anymore, but mm. we, we did the same thing. I should look that up, uh, put mm. that uh, article in the show notes, but there's, there's definitely a correlation between certain variables. And it's, it's nice, I think, to have some sort of independent variables to look at, yep. um, especially if it's a case where you're not sure which way it's going to go. Or maybe you're a fairly new vet and you just haven't seen a lot of these yet, yep. right? And you, you haven't developed your own um, experience. So it's nice to be able to go look at something um, independent, right? Objective so data points are the yeah. way to go, for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We'll post the links to these two studies, the dog, yep. right? That's and, very uh, interesting. Thank you for sharing yes. that. That's and awesome. I'll also post the link to the original acute trauma triage score for people who, who want to look at it. So it was, um, yeah, it was quite a, a little education for me. Two articles in a short period of time on acute tr trauma triage scores mm. in cats. And I think like before 2022, we probably had like three ever. So, yeah. you know, it almost doubled the amount of papers yeah so look uh, at that so very cool so we'll we'll post all the links for everybody in the show notes and with that <gasps> we're at time as we're perfect we're over time but that's no oh. problem this was a very interesting so we went from trampoline trampolines yeah. flying to flying and to trauma yeah perfect we well could done. not have you know, it almost sounds like we have prepared this podcast for like weeks in advance. But, you know, if anybody knows us, they know we prepare nothing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, don't say that so loud. Okay, and this was the Per Podcast. You can find more information at perpodcast.net or at the handle Per Podcast. Thank yeah. you, Dr. Susan. Oh, I'm so happy to be back. I can't wait <laughs> We're so I, happy that you're back. You know? I can't wait to like, get um, out and see everybody too. I, I just miss my colleagues and I miss my fellow veterinarians so much. So Yeah, soon to be followed. Yes. As a matter of fact, next week, we're going to be followed by a wonderful new podcast. So thank you, Dr. Susan. And yep. thank you to all our wonderful listeners. You know that we have 5,000 downloads <gasps> every month. Oh, that's amazing. And now, and now 5,000 more people will know about my trampoline. Exactly. So, <laughs> so, so if anybody wants 
a, a, a free trampoline. Just like, let me a know. A three-legged trampoline. Yeah, but I've got the fourth leg. So if anybody <laughs> wants it, just let me know. <laughs> yeah, and you're, you live near Nova Scotia. Yeah. All right, this was it. Thank you very okay. much and goodbye. Bye. Dr. Susan Little is a feline medicine specialist with two cat-only hospitals in Ottawa, Canada. She is best known as an international speaker and as the author and editor of two textbooks, The Cat, Clinical Medicine and Management, and August, Consultations in Feline Internal Medicine. Along with three cats, she also admits to owning two dogs, and you can follow her on social media with the handle at CatPetSusan. Dr. Yerla Kirpenstein is a diplomate of the American and European College of Veterinary Surgeons and a big cat fan. His specialties range from surgical oncology and reconstruction to minimally invasive surgery. He is the author of two textbooks on basic and reconstructive surgery. Did you know he was allergic to cats? Yola works currently at Hills Pet Nutrition. You can follow him on social media with the handle at GVETSX. This episode is made possible by the generous sponsorship of the Take the Pledge Against Struvites in Pets Facebook page. Did you know there are three easy steps to treat bladder stones in cats with lower urinary tract signs? Step one is to take a radiograph, and if there is a stone present in the bladder, step two is to use the Minnesota Urolith app for iPhone and Android to determine the most likely type of stone. Step three is to treat the cat for at least two to three weeks with an appropriate diet and see if the stone gets smaller. If so, keep feeding that diet until the stone is completely gone on follow-up radiographs. If not, check compliance with the owner and look for alternative treatment options. Join veterinarians worldwide to take the pledge not to remove struvite stones by surgery anymore. The opinions of this podcast are those by Dr. Susan Little and Dr. Yola Kirpenstein. Veterinary medicine is a complex profession, and often there are multiple diagnostic and therapeutic options for different disease processes. If you're a pet owner with questions, please go to your local veterinarian. If you're a veterinary professional, ask your questions on our Instagram page, at per podcast. 